What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 202 of the All Dolphins podcast. Yeah, that's it. Every time we save those big numbers, it goes, whoa, two, 202. On this, what, Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Getting, getting ready for my history lesson here. Let's go. There you go. Yes. Uh, so today, to, for the season corresponding to the episode number, it's going to be 2002. That was a promising season that went south. You want to talk about late season collapse. Holy moly. So this was a season where the Dolphins made the huge trade in the offseason, traded two first-round picks, one of which was a conditional one, along with a fourth-round pick, and they got like a fourth-round pick in return to the New Orleans Saints for Ricky Williams. And Ricky Williams was every bit as good as advertised that first season where the Dolphins rushed for 1,853 yards. Damn, how would you remember that number? How many touchdowns? Let's t- check your say 18, uh, 16, I think, his first year. Or eight, 16 or 18. It was 16. It was 16. Okay. Um, wow. 17 all total. There you go. Uh, and I remember that number because it's a franchise record. It, it shattered the team record, which at the time was 12-something. 12, 12 and the, the one that's come closest since then was Ricky Williams the following year. I mean, absolutely brilliant. The Dolphins were rolling. They were 5-1. and one. Sunday night went at Denver. First game in NFL history, I think it might still be where each team kicked a 50-yard field goal in the final minutes. Dolphins got the last one, 124-22. Unfortunately, Jay Fiedler broke a thumb during that game. Dolphins had to go to backup Ray Lucas. Didn't work out well. They went 5-4. and four. Then they came down the stretch, needing a win in one of their final two games. Lost at Minnesota in a Saturday game, 13-7, to I want to say it was, where Minnesota felt like had the ball the entire game. And then came that nasty collapse. Uh, in the finale against the Patriots when they were up 24-13 with five minutes left. And basically, you want to talk about Murphy's Law from that point on. It was Murphy's Law, including a kickoff out of bounds. Patriots got the ball first in overtime, marched for field goal, ball game end of season. You know, it's and, funny. I started looking at uh, rushing totals because I'm trying to figure out if that 2,502 yards was like the best in NF- in, in franchise history. And no, in 1972, they ran for 2,960 yards, which in is 14 games. Unreal. In I didn't 14 even... games, do, do the math. It's more than 200 yards a game. Wow. That's impressive. Mercury Morris and Zonka had were 1,000 yard backs. Mm-hmm. And Jim Kick had like 600 yards or something. 521. But yeah, yeah. that's that's quite impressive. Um, and there I was about to crown this Dolphins team to be the best since 2002. But truthfully speaking, there's some Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka and Jim Kick years where they ran for way more than 2,500 yards. And, and different era, obviously. And then and then they combine that running game with a very, very good bend but don't break defense. Very sound. There also very few penalties, and that led them to their record. Uh, so that was 2002. 
We, now, we sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say today we're going to be talking about an off-season master plan for the Dolphins and whether they're rebuilding or reloading. Before we do that, since we or should they be rebuilding or reloading? Because okay. I think a lot of this comes down to fiscal responsibility. And okay, but before we get to that, before we get, we have to address the news because we're all about. And I I predicted before we got on, we started recording that Omar would be throwing his head or shaking or rolling his eyes. One of those because we stay on top of every development with the team. We should mention that the Dolphins on Wednesday signed a player to a reserve future contract, wide receiver Matthew Sexton. If you've never heard of him, it's okay. He's never played a game in the, in the NFL. Uh, first arrived in the NFL in 2021 as a rookie free agent with the Steelers, spent some time with the Patriots and the Chiefs, played in the XFL, I want to say it was. Um, and these, these guys, by the way, if you look every year, and I did this at one point, these are guys to fill out your 90-man roster once, once you get to training camp. Generally speaking, the players who are signed to reserve future contract, it's usually one every three years is going to make the 53-man roster. And immediately the one who stands out as having a shot of doing that is Ethan Bonner because maybe there was a little bit something there, but let's also not assume that it's automatic that, yeah, that dude's making the roster. Yeah. I mean, Drew did say he needed to be in the race with the fastest players on the team during hard knocks. So That's all great, but if he was so good, so promising, they would have signed him to the 53 last year. And I'm not saying there's nothing there. I'm saying there is something there, but again – the history of guys who are signed to those reserve future contracts is don't don't look at that don't look at anybody on that list and go oh yeah that's that guy's interesting oh yeah that guy that guy you know what um i personally believe it does benefit them to sign him the way that they did just because you now own his rights for much much longer than let's say you'd sign him to your 53 and he stayed on your 53 cuz two year contract on the 53 you got him for one two year, year. contract uh, but now he's now he signs a two-year contract, and it's as if his first year doesn't even count because he wasn't on a fifty-three. He actually he played two vested years. He played two games. He's not vested. He didn't play enough games. No, no. I say he played two games, so he's begun the process of being vested. I think you have to play. I, I I'm not even going to. I think it. it's four games or four games on the he, active roster. Yeah, four games on the active roster to get a vested year. There'll be a one on the roster next year. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for those who are wondering, sometimes you see a roster and you see one as opposed to rookie. Correct. Rookie is a guy coming straight from from college or has never been on an NFL roster. The one is a guy who's been on an NFL roster but didn't play enough game to get vested. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just like the topic at hand. That yeah, let's get to the topic at hand, which is whether or not the Dolphins should be rebuilding or reloading. Um, and, and this is sort of uh, piggybacking on the apocalypse that most people have. Um, Knew was coming, but didn't want to address until it actually arrived. Well, we're actually here now. Um, we're at the offseason where the Dolphins are going to have to do a number of things, um, restructuring contracts, waiving players, shaking down players, um, uh, uh, giving players new contracts, uh, changing base salaries to roster bonuses. Uh, this is going to be a huge financial toll on the Miami Dolphins. It, I, I equate it to the equivalent of paying off a credit card with a credit card um, and, and just basically transferring balances. And right now, if you follow my math here, because right now you're $41 million over the cap. I got um, my calculator here. Go ahead. 
Okay, you're forty one million dollars over the cap. Okay, these are just this is just what gets you to the starting block. Right now, you and a, a number of other teams are behind the rest of the NFL. Can what, I interject real quickly? Yes. Can I interject? Uh, so if, if anybody's out there going, what, what Dolphins are forty? How can they be over the cap? Teams are allowed to be a cap at, over the cap at this time of year. They have to be in compliance with the top fifty-one uh, by the start of the league year, which is March thirteenth. Go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to. Point okay, out. so by March thirteenth, you're going to have to have done a number of business transactions, roster maneuvers, releases to get yourself under the cap. Okay, now you also will have to do certain things by specific deadlines, as if franchise tagging Christian Wilkins. Um, clearly, that's business procedure number one. That That's the first order of business for the Miami Dolphins because you can't let free, Christian Wilkins be exposed to free agency. Otherwise, you might as well wave him bye-bye. So you're going to use both, the franchise. Sorry, we both agreed that, that there's no way you do not franchise tag him, correct? Yes, absolutely. There's no way you do not franchise tag him. And for those who are thinking that, oh, it's going to be so easy to sign Christian Wilkins to a multi-year deal – You've clearly never met Christian Wilkins. Uh, <laughs> and- Remember, he's very frugal. Here's the thing I would point out, though, and, and tell me if you read anything into it or if it's my, my conspiracy theory mind going haywire here. The phrasing he used, I believe, with Christian and with everybody else was the term he's earned the right to be for a free agent, which is the exact same wording he used last year in talking about Mike Gesicki. Okay. Is it, is it possible that he was hinting, suggesting that they're not going to tag him? No, they can't. They can't not tag him. That oh, would be. I, I agree, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying what they should or shouldn't do. Is it, is it possible that they don't? No, it's not possible that yeah. they don't. Um, yeah. uh, uh, the only possible, possible factor in my mind, and I, I think I said this to you yesterday, that they don't is. You know, he's always big whale hunting, and there are a number of teams that are always going to have to let Jalen Ramsey go just because they're in cap constraints as well. And that makes a, 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 a talented player available to you for cheap. So let's say Aaron Donald is available for a third-round pick with the Rams. Um, if you're Steve Ross, you're going to want to do that. And then at that point, kind of who cares what happens to Christian Wilkins. Now, would I think that that's a wise move to do? No, but Dolphins have done a number of dumb things over the years that they feel they, they feel is justified uh, for the greater good. Um, also, um, you know, he talked about trading away that first-round pick. He was not committal on using that first-round pick. And I get where he comes from because if you, let's say, dangle – a Patrick Sertan Jr. out there on the market for a first round pick. You don't think the Miami Dolphins are going to be sh- are going to be putting in a bid? Um, so I never would do that, but yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, he, he the, I think, I think there's a possibility that Patrick Sertan is Sertan is on the market this offseason. I do. Um, to me, to me, he's no, going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be trying to get the highest paid contract in the NFL for a cornerback and rightfully so. And if you can't get that deal done with Denver, you can absolutely demand that they trade you because you're not going to play on your fifth year option. So it's basically um, pay me now or move me for something that you can get an asset for to a team that is going to pay me. And you know where the Dolphins stand in that situation. They're always going to be willing to pay you. Um, I think there, there are a number of 
I'm I'm still doing my look at look see at what's available and what might come free in in terms of things that might 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 fall off a tree. Um, and you know how Steve Ross loves finding fruit that fell off a tree. Not Steve Ross, but Chris Greer. So I think that there are going to be a number of scenarios that the Dolphins will explore, especially since he wasn't committed to using his first round pick. Um, I think he looks at the first round pick as more of a poker chip and an asset than he does. Oh, let me go get a good player with that with that pick number 21. And I I understand. However, when you trade draft picks and you give big money contracts to the players that you've traded for, then you find yourself in a situation like you're presently in where you have no talent in the, in the back end of your roster and you've just got a team full of high priced high profile players at, that are that are really relatively expensive and then, and, then you have, and then you have roster filler and this is well this is part of a of a all in approach mm-hmm. as opposed to building it, building it systematically with product development so to speak where you you use a ton of draft well which is what they did at product the development i like yeah. that yeah which is what they were doing at the beginning of this rebuild in in 2019 is they traded basically i mean all the big names for draft picks accumulated a ton. They had what 11 picks in 2020, including three in the first two in the second, again, a ton of picks in 2021. And the idea for sustained success is you nail those draft picks and those guys become really, really good players. And Uh, what has happened is they've hit on a lot of those draft picks and now they're free agents. So. (laughs) Well, no, no, the, the, the thing that, that happened also is, for, for then they then they went a different route with those guys and then they started going big game hunting. Teron Armstead, Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb. I mean that's four huge names, uh, and the only one who didn't cost you well, they all cost you a ton in terms of. Teron of is the only one that didn't cost you a draft pick. And Ramsey's only a third. I have no issue with that. I mean, he's a third and Hunter Long. No offense to Hunter Long, who just can't stay healthy. By the way, poor, poor dude, feel bad for him. Uh, that didn't cost you anything, but Tyreek Hill cost you a lot of draft picks, and Bradley Chubb cost you a first-round pick. All good players. I'm not saying one approach is right, right. one approach is wrong. Um, in in the most ideal scenario, where whereas let's say for the Rams, for instance, um, they're taking the same approach. They're on those f that f them picks approach, but they also hit on their draft picks, which unfortunately that's not the case for the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, Dolphins do not hit on their draft picks. Generally. Well, Devon Achan, Devon Achan, they hit. Okay. So you're batting 220. Great. No, no, correct. No, no, no the, the success ratio, well, and here's the thing. They only had four picks each of the last two drafts. And no, I'm not joking. Literally four oh, picks. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's um, Channing Tindall, Eric Izukama, Skylar Thompson, I forget who the other late round pick was last Cameron Good. And then this year it's Cam Smith, Devon HN, Elijah Higgins, who's on the on the Cardinals after being signed to their practice squad, and Ryan Hayes. Yeah. Elijah Higgins actually played this year. I didn't know that. He so cut, cut like four passes. He still played. Um no, Julian, I, I Julian, Julian Hill outperformed him. So I'm not I'm not I'm not, you know, saying one is better than the other. Julian Hill earned that roster spot. Man, I remember training camp when you were like Oh, this Julian Hill kid, he's pretty good. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then he ended up being pretty did I say good. It like, did I say it like that? Yeah, you said it. Oh, this Julian Hill. I, I see him making plays. He's flashing. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then Julian Hill makes the roster. Um, yeah. Let, let's. But here's what I'm saying. When you're $41 million over the cap, 
You need to, you know, and every every fan knows Jerome Baker, Emmanuel Ogba, um, uh, uh, Javon, I mean, uh, uh, Howard. Ex- I, need to interject. Ex- I need to interject. Yes. Because okay? as you well know, there's no sense that you can't do anything with X before it's supposed to one, which means it doesn't get him under the cap by, by March 13th. Because, um, in fact, I believe it costs the Dolphins cap space if you do it pre-June 1. So that it makes zero sense. Whereas you save, I think, what is it, 11 million in cap space post-June 1. So, yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So... $41 million, you're over. Then we got to add the $19 million for Christian Wilkins' franchise tag. And understand, the only reason I say you're going to have to use the franchise tag on Christian Wilkins is because Christian Wilkins is going to be demanding a $100 million contract, and you could squirm as much as you want. You're still going to end up paying him that. And I think you have to let the process play out from a negotiation standpoint and let the market die out before you 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 make him – the third or fourth highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. And trust me, it will happen because Christian is good business-wise like that. And he's really, as as Chris Greer said, he gambled on himself and he won. There, there is no, there is no debating whether or not he won. He's going to get a Quentin Williams S deal because his play merits that. Um, and then you need about five million dollars to for your rookie class, which obviously you, you could wait, wait later. That's just that's not even talking about free agents you need to sign or players you need to pursue like a Derrick Henry or the big whale hunting that you know Steve Ross is absolutely going to going to try to do. What what happened? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry give you a little power run game. We're going to go back to that route. So people like a certain guy who wears a Montreal Expos hat can stop saying that, oh, they're a finesse team, they're a finesse team. Add Derrick Henry, see how finesse they become. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Argue, um, argue that they were not a finesse team in 2023. Go ahead, argue it. I They were the number one rushing team in the NFL in yard per less. attempt. That's got nothing to do with finesse. That, stop that, it. They could run inside if they wanted to. Yeah, it's, we saw that very, very – Okay, very, I'm not going to do it against Chris Jones. I'm not stupid. But very consistent inside running game all season. It wasn't about always getting outside on the edge. Finesse. You get Omar. It's okay. I won't think any less of you. You can say finesse. Top number four in rushing yards. Number one in yards per attempt. Okay. Cannot be finesse. Sorry. And and when things went south on you, which everybody continues to ignore. Defenses got the ability to change how they played you because they didn't fear Jalen Waddle. He either was not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <That's what laughs> I'm sorry. Was it 
the case or not? Did you not watch Hard Knocks and see him limping around all practice? Okay, you could shoot a player up and get him to look somewhat relatively like himself on game day. But what did you did? Did Kansas City look like they feared Jalen Waddle uh, or Tyreek Hill based on how they played Miami? No, they 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 is pressed. That, is that who they did not fear, or is it, was it the ability to throw the ball down the field that they did not fear? All right. So $65 million is exactly how wow, I didn't wow, I didn't <laughs> is exactly no how much you need to get to. I, I'm not I'm not turning this into a tour fight today. Not okay. Today. Okay, we're not I gonna noticed, do that. I didn't even I notice I didn't even check out my analysis piece on dolphins.com. Please go ahead, check what, it out. What, what's the headline? Tell the people the headline. Dolphins need to keep their quarterback options open. Which means what? Do you want me to tell you the the whole? Okay, no. Which means, I, which means, which means what? That means do not tie yourself to the to the to QB one for the long term right now, because he's been good, but right now he's not been good enough. If, if you if you if your goal is just to make the playoffs every year and then whimper out, then cool. Stay What's the court. He's willing to sign a forty million a year deal. I would again Wednesday out. Oh, three years. Every no, deal is going to no, be three years. No, no, no. So, so instead, no. you you're just willing to commit to two years, which is the fifth year option. No, I'm willing, I'm willing to have him play on the fifth year option and reassess next off season. If he balls out and and produces in big games, which he has not done, then you pay him what he what he what that kind of player becomes worth. I I I am just so tired of every single conversation about the Dolphins coming right back to Tua. He was not the only problem. Was he the no, answer? I never, I never said he was. There's bingo. That's what you said. There's the answer. And, and he wasn't the answer. And if he's not the answer, why are you doing this? Time we're not, we're not, we're not arguing. I said, play, I said, make him play. I said, offer him 70 cents on the dollar, make him play on 50, make him play on fifth year option. If he doesn't want to do it. I, I we're in agreement there. Right. No, you don't. You don't sign him for. So for, you just say no. I'm not signing you to nothing. Play on your fifth year option, and that's how teams. You have that's how teams behave when it comes to a quarterback. On again, it's about the team. It's not about the one player. They make Christian play on his fifth year option. Okay, make make tour gamble on himself. But they treat quarterbacks differently than they treat every single player on the roster. That's fair. Again, okay. again. And and you're gonna build him up as high as you have built him up, and then say, you know what? We talk all this great stuff about you, but you know what? We don't really believe in you because we're gonna make you play on your fifth year option. No, that's not it. We we they have been yes, they have been pumping his tires from the, from the time Mike McDaniel got there. I mean, at every turn, and which was all great and dandy, the results have not been there. Two o, we love you, we believe in you. Unfortunately, these are the facts. We aspire for to, to for more than just getting to the playoffs, and we need to get be convinced that you're the guy. We hope you understand. Play on your fifth year option. Deliver. We'll take care of you. Okay, and even though it could be a mechanism to allow you to create cap space that allow you to That's, continue to ball out, you don't care. Just because, because to me, to me, if you're extending your quarterback strictly because you put yourself in cap hell, that's that's. That's bad management. That's not a reason you you, you extend your quarterback and shackle you. You act like they do good management. No, they don't. And and they've also, with all due respect, this is an organization that's kind of fumbled at the quarterback position for, for two decades. Now. Yeah. Okay. And 
and I see some fans who push back, and one of the arguments is he's the best quarterback that we've had since Dan Marino. Why would you turn away from him? Facts. Without question. But do you want somebody who's who's the best quarterback they've had since Dan Marino when the bar is really, really low but can't get you to legit contender status? Or is the bigger goal get that Super Bowl? I think Stephen Ross, if I were to sit down with him, I'd tell him, Steve, what is it you want? You want a Super Bowl? You want to just make the playoffs every year? And I bring up Jay Fiedler in, in the analysis piece. And and since I know you're, you're a guy who loves one-loss record, Jay Fiedler's one-loss record in his first four years with the Dolphins winning percentage blows away what two has done the last four years. And, mm-hmm. they, and the Dolphins still went out and traded for A.J. Feely, which that's another mistake in itself. But the point was they clearly saw – yeah, we're having a lot of team success. We're not getting we're not getting anywhere in the playoffs with that dude. Absolutely. And the 49ers took the exact same approach and traded up with Miami and drafted a quarterback. And then that quarterback didn't pan out and they found Brock Purdy. They're lucky. Miami isn't has not been that lucky. But anyway, let's let's and again get back. and Brock Purdy's a different discussion we can have when we talk about the playoffs, because I'm of the opinion that Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. But this idea that wow, look at his result, look at everything he did. Again, he's in a massively favorable situation, and if you ignore what's around him, I don't know what to tell you. And you're calling him a system quarterback, just like you're calling Without, two a system quarterback. No, I, instead of phrasing it like that, I'm going to say he is in a situation that's more favorable favorable for the quarterback than practically anyone, any other one. I love it when you do that. Than any other in the NFL. You're saying he's a system quarterback. You could just okay, say that's it. That's cool. That's fine. And 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 I. I never knew when the word or the term system quarterback became so offensive to everybody because I love system quarterbacks. Tom Brady was a system quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was a system quarterback. Hell, Brett Favre was a system quarterback. System uh, Drew Brees was a system quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger was a system quarterback. As long as the system works, it's great. Correct. And and, and to me, the, the gauge in evaluating a quarterback is always how many quarterbacks can you put in there to have results similar? And then what happens to your quarterback if you put him in a different situation? And how does that look? And again, to me, Brock Purdy, and it's not so much the system itself is a town around him, which is ridiculous. That's a conversation when we do the playoff show. Yes. So here, here's my thing. And getting back to the organic original debate that we had before we got sidetracked by to a talk which we always do just re- but just read the analysis story okay. i think I'd like, I'd like to think it's very good and it's got nothing to do with the fact that i wrote it um all dolphins.com um how do you get to 65 million dollars without gutting your franchise and this isn't this isn't 65 million dollars and oh we're gonna spend 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 no this is 65 million dollars just to get back to where you were with christian wilkins not Rob Hunt, not Raquan Davis, not Connor Williams, not uh, Deshaun Elliott, just to get back to your roster with Christian Wilkins. How do you get there? And is would you look at this as a better situation to say, hey, we need to be rebuilding. We might need to be starting over as opposed to doubling down and pushing that credit card debt even further. Again, yeah, as I said, I think they're too far in. Uh, and, and here's the thing is too far in to turn back too far in to turn back at this time. I think they need to write out until they get con- the, the contracts are easier to, to get out from under. Cause again, if we talk about, well, you're going to, you're going to hear this and, but it's not based in reality. Like, well, how about you trade this guy, that guy, that guy, 
when you trade him, that's a massive cap hit anyway, because the signing bonus you you have you're responsible for it. Um, so it's not as for example, like trade X. Trading X is the same cap ramifications yeah. as if you cut him. Yeah. So that it doesn't work like that, and they have too many guys. I, I think it's even a worse situation than if you cut him. Um, they have too many guys where they're locked in without without an out just yet. I think with a lot of those guys, as I remember looking at the individual contracts, the outs come after next season. Uh, and, so I think they don't have a choice. But And understand, when you extend, because uh, we, we had Kyle Krabs on the Joe Rose Show this morning. Uh, he does Locked On Dolphins, um, another podcast out there on the podcast market. And, you know, me and Kyle have had this back and forth going back to the offseason when, you know, I first led people to, hey, you're going to be in trouble next offseason. And everybody's like, I don't want to hear that. Oh, don't tell me none of that stuff. Um, and his whole thought process was, oh, it's just easy to create cap space. Let's just extend Tehran and Chubb and 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 uh, and and um and Tyreek and and you know these sign resign these guys. Oh, you run it back. We we're, we'll be good. And it's not as easy as you think it is. And a lot of times, a lot of those decisions, when you extend to Tehran, you committed to this season, and you don't realize that, but you committed to this season by restructuring Tehran's contract. Mm -hmm. This season was not initially guaranteed. Now it is. Um, and same thing with Tyreek. When you Tyreek. <laughs> Not that you're trying to get away from Tyreek, but if you extend Tyreek's contract, um, you're going to be adding years to his deal. And I'm in favor of that because Tyreek has already proven he's an upper echelon player. But as you mentioned in the last podcast, eventually he's going to get injured and aged and slow down. Um, I'm not worried about that for the next two years, but it is a factor. What'd you say? I said not, not the next two, but if we're talking four years on the line. Yeah, I ain't worried about four years. The fourth year, the third year, after three years, it's not guaranteed. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't worried well, about that. You, but if you restructure him, then you're, and and the other the other option is always to turn salary into like signing bo I mean bonuses and all that. No, but that's that's much like more of a commitment because then well, they, and it's also more of this. And then uh, I mean, as long as you have Stephen Ross, is you, okay you got to say this. What this is more of that's shelling out money. Yes, yes, shelling yes. the money. For the people not watching. Oh, good point. I forget. Always forget about that. I apologize to our. Audio listeners, yeah, I was making the, the shelling out money all over the place. It's more of like a credit card to swipe. It's oh, it's just it's like it's more swiping and um yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, you know what? We're in 2024. It's more like zelling or Venmoing or cash apping. It, it, pretty much. Um, I I when I look at this situation and and this is what I wrote about earlier. I I've been offended, truly, truly been offended by Chris Greer acting as if. Eh, it's nothing. It, it'll be easy to do. Um, it's easily managed. Um, and that just hasn't been the case. Um, and in fact, this team, I've covered this team for 15 years. They've never been over the cap. They've always been fiscally responsible. They've always kept money for a rainy day and then found ways to create more cap space to go shopping. At this point, you're just creating cap space to get you back to the status quo. And you can make the argument that the roster that the Dolphins had in 2023 will be the best it ever is under Tua Tonga-Valoa as, as the quarterback. Just because once you start paying the quarterback astronomical numbers, 
uh, you're going to have to be living on ramen noodles and, you know, and, and beans and franks. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the rest of your roster. So this roster is either going to be made up of draft picks, and we know the draft history with this team, so it's not, or it's going to be made up of, of veteran injury-prone free agents playing on one-year deals for minimum or relatively close to that. And there's no shame if that's your roster. But you got to know what it is. And then when guys get injured, say la vie. It is what it is. Um, and so it's tougher to compete for a title when you have that kind of roster as opposed to good depth everywhere. Yeah, good depth everywhere and building it the right way and building it organically. But then again, you have to have confidence that you can build it the right way and build it organically. And, and truthfully speaking, I don't. No, and this is where, and I'm not, I'm not gonna like worry about the sixth and seventh round picks because those guys are like. But this is where, again, it's four picks in the first four rounds the last two years, and you've gotten something out of one of them. Uh, I mean, Ezukama showed some flashes. I mean, he looked really good in training camp, his first year. Uh, had some flashes where they were starting to use him like in a Debo Samuel type of way, and then the neck thing comes around. That you've gotten, you got to get something. I mean, I don't have to ship a sale, but it'd be nice to get something out of Channing Tindall and next year to get something out of Cam Smith because you got nothing out of the rookie second round pick at corner when you could have used a cornerback help. Perfect example of where you've fallen short on this roster is now if you're going to cut Jerome Baker, um, who's had a relatively steady seven year career at the Miami Dolphins as a starting linebacker. If you're going to cut Jerome Baker, it would be ideal if you had a Channing Tindall to step up and contribute and replace him as a starter. There isn't a single person on that in that organization in Miami Gardens who has confidence that Channing Tindall could step up and be a respectable starter. Um, if that were the case, he would have been in there um, at some point this season. Hell, I believe they'd play Calvin Munson over Ch- over Channing Tindall. That's just where you were. Um, and then, okay, you want to replace Xavier Howard because you don't want to pay him $18.5 million. Totally understand that. Elite cornerbacks get paid $18.5 million. I'm not saying that Xavier is not elite because I still think he's one hell of a cornerback. But uh, if you want to trim that roster and trim that salary, it would be really be great if Cam Smith was had done something, had proven himself, had played 300 snaps. But no, instead you chose to play Eli Apple. So maybe the plan is to bring Eli Apple back as one of these veteran minimum guys who are, are just going to be you know, making, you know, fill it, filling your roster with, with a one year, $2 million contract. So it's going to be tough sledding. Um, obviously we both agree that the dolphins are going to run it back. They're, 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 they're not going to re reset. They're not going to rebuild. They're going to just reload, um, and try to shoot these, shoot these blanks, uh, a l- l- little bit, yeah, I said it. I said it. Okay, I know you yeah. said it. Okay. I mean, they became blanks at the end of the season, and I, you know, I am at the point. The way you played against Baltimore and Buffalo and Kansas City, which none of their quarterbacks are going anywhere, none of their head coaches are going anywhere. Um, you're gonna have to get through them to get to where you want to go, and right now. Based on how you played, you're not in any of their leagues now. And I know you had injuries and I know you had all kinds of adverse situations and circumstances, including the weather, but mm, ultimately you still got to beat them. And I don't see how that happens right now. 
and to me, this is where had the Dolphins had success earlier in the year because, yeah, the injuries were absolutely a factor down the stretch. With, I mean, and, and I never said they weren't. And I, I just don't want to hear it. it's the only reason they lost, but absolutely they were a factor. This is where had the Dolphins been more competitive early in the season or won those big games at Buffalo against Kansas City, against the Eagles, I'd feel a lot more com- confident right now. Um Heading into the end, heading into the offseason and next season as to what this team can be. But I, 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 yeah, the bottom line is they don't have a choice. It's one more go, and then next offseason it might get blown up. If the season is not is not good, I think it very well could could get blown up next offseason, and then we'd be looking at a rebuild. Certainly, yeah. probably not in the, not in the in the same vein as the 2019 rebuild, but there would be a a starting over feel to it. Yeah, a starting overfield that also might include a new GM, personally. That's just, I'm sorry, you can't orchestrate this rebuild, have it done for six seasons, have Steve Ross continue to write big fat checks and then not deliver a playoff win. So this is where we are as a franchise. And unfortunately, um, it's going to be, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, it's going to be a very interesting offseason because – you know Steve Ross likes to win the offseason, and he likes to be competitive, and he likes to to go big whale hunting. Um, and Dolphins got a lot of work to do to put themselves in position to actually be aggressive in terms of rebuilding this team. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, we will be here all offseason. We're helping you wrap up, analyze, dissect what's going on. You know how to find the work, alldolphins.com. Uh Poupard has a good piece up about Cam Smith and how challenging his rookie season was, even though he said it was great, which I was like, man, are you delusional? Uh, (laughs) But you can find it on alldolphins.com. You know how to find the podcast, audio platform. Just search All Dolphins and you'll find it. And you know where we are on YouTube. So hopefully you'll check it out. All offseason will be here. So we'll see you tomorrow as we analyze the playoffs and what lessons the Dolphins can learn from it. There you go. Excellent. See, I caught it. I paid attention. Good good job. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.